Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Holland. Welcome to another one. This episode is supported by my course, How to Get Started Being Freelance. So if you're new to this, if you're thinking about going freelance, if you've been doing it for maybe a year or less, this is all the information that the rest of us wish we'd had when we started. Based on my experience and that of all of my guests of the Being Freelance podcast, uh, you can now learn online through the videos I've created. Check it out. The link to how to get started being freelance is at beingfreelance.com. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for brand and web designer, Salma Sharif. I went on a hunt for Facebook groups similar to that of my interest or my potential clients. Not just for getting clients, but also get to learn more about how they work in their business. Through that, I got my first international client for my design business. My clients is the reason why this business is running, right? So I always want to take care of them and always assure them that they're in safe hands. It's not an easy ride. You will find difficulty, but all you need to know is not to quit. Yeah, so there is Salma, who lives in Chennai, over in India. Her story coming up very soon indeed. How are you? It's the penultimate episode of season 13. Loads for you to listen to. If you've not heard them all yet, go to beingfreelance.com. Also, while you're there, check out the articles, check out the community. You're not alone being freelance, so come and join us. We've got the book club, we've got live Q&As, the weekly non-employee of the week awards, uh, and just ongoing daily chats about life being freelance. Some supportive and serious, some utterly ridiculous and funny, frankly. So yeah, come find us. There's a link at beingfreelance.com. Also, the first people to take the Being Freelance course, How to Get Started Being Freelance, are now finishing it and are sharing really great feedback, which has been so lovely. So thanks very much. If you know someone who is thinking about going freelance or new to it, please do share the course with them. Uh, There's other ways that you can help what I do as well, though. For example, you can buy me virtual team biscuits on a monthly basis or a one-off basis. Uh, Go to beingfreelance.com slash coffee. That's like a Kofi support page, you know, a bit like Patreon, but more biscuit-based. Also, you can leave a review for the podcast or share it. I love it so yeah if you like what i do with being freelance please do help spread the word right let's crack on chat to this week's guest we're heading to india and chatting to brand and web designer salma sharif hey salma hey steve thanks so much for having me thank you as ever how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance so i would say it was right about when i was like in my post-graduation And I was always fascinated with everything arts and crafts and especially crochet. I wanted to, you know, like do something of my own and I've always wanted to have a business of my own. So like while I was in my computer lab in my doing like, you know, like the lab work in my post-graduation, I thought, okay, why not start blogging about it? So right during my class hours, during my project, I started a blogger platform. You have those free blogspot.com sites from Google, right? So I created that. I named it Craftedize, Crafting and Paradise. Paradise together and named it Craftedize. And I started my first post, how to DIY like a table mat or something like that. 
and slowly and steadily like as i was doing my post graduation i also was you know like from time to time posting about it and blogging about it and then uh, this passion turned into a business idea and i was super good at crochet and someone had you know looked into my work and said okay salma why not do something for me because i used to do it for myself for my family and i started crochet i started selling crochet products only for my friends and then i started selling it online as well so i had been doing this for 3 years so blogging plus crochet but during that time i researched on how can i start selling this internationally and that's when i came across etsy platform so at that time it was like pretty new to someone from india so i researched all about it like everything about you know like what banking information you need everything about paypal because before that i had no idea what paypal was and i posted you know a few of my craft products into that while i was researching i also came across this idea of selling digital products like daily planners weekly planners uh, home improvement planners so you know i started creating planners and i also started adding those in addition to the crochet products that i had in etsy and the very next day i got my sale and i ran to my mom saying that mom i made my first international sale it was like for 3 dollars i still remember it so <laughs> <laughs> so during this period is when i realized okay i have like an engineering degree okay in post graduate actually i'm really good at you know everything tech and design and i'm super super organized <laughs> so i thought uh, like okay let's make this a little bigger so i started social media marketing i started branding my own business so with the skills that i had and the skills that i learned online uh, i learned more about you know like illustrator about photoshop even though i had little knowledge about it i still improved myself by learning online getting books and uh, taking a few uh, paid courses as well so i learned along the way and during that period of my blog and selling my crochet products plus digital products i learned so much about how important branding is how important an online presence is especially if you want to reach out to a large number of audience and also grow your business on an international scale so it was like around like 3 years at that time i realized okay i need to do something for someone who is in a place like i was 3 years back like someone who has an idea but don't know how to start a business who has an this extremely you know like an abundant thirst to showcase their expertise their knowledge and to help others online and that's when i realized i need to convert this and pivot into a business that's something i really love doing and also which helps others as well so alongside this business i started my uh, branding and website design business by, by the end of 2016 uh, i think around december and i was determined to help other women entrepreneurs just to bring out their voices and help them build their brands and websites online so that they can showcase their expertise and start selling online and also you know help others so that's how it began and how it started <laughs> how it pivoted and it's been going really good since then wow what an opening story from just doing a bit of crochet to suddenly helping other people sell those to the world as well 
So when you decided to start doing branding and websites, designing websites, not necessarily being a web developer, when you decided to do that, how did you find those clients? You said they were people like you were three years ago. How how did you get them on board? So I was quite active on Facebook at that time. I was not on other platforms like Instagram or even LinkedIn in that matter. So I found my first client, my first design client on a Facebook group, a local Facebook group. So someone had asked, is someone available to design a logo for my boutique store? So I like jumped right off to the chair and I was waiting for an opportunity (laughs) when, you know, I had uh, shifted this business, right? So I said, I would love to help you. I, I don't have a portfolio yet, but I do have great skills. I do have like a, you know, like a couple of passion projects that I did. If you like, I, you know, love to chat with you and learn more about your business and yeah, of course your budget as well. So since I was starting at that point and I absolutely had no idea how much to charge and how long it's going to take. So I was like, I was ready to do for anything as long as she had paid. And I also wanted to start building my portfolio as well in that case. So I was happy enough that I got a client and I worked for her and she was extremely happy with the results. And then I knew that, okay, like Facebook groups is somewhere where people of the same, maybe industry or someone who's trying to find something will post. And I went on a hunt for Facebook groups, similar to that of my interest or my potential clients, not just for getting clients, but also get to learn more about how they work in their business. So through that, I got my first international client for my design business. And we are friends since then. I'm so glad that we could connect. And since then, I grew my business potentially through Facebook and Facebook groups. And now I've expanded my reach on Instagram and on LinkedIn. And I've been able to find clients through that as well. So mainly, because we're talking about 2017 towards today, mainly it's been through hanging out in Facebook groups. Yes. So initially, I used to wait for someone to, you know, like post a message looking for a designer or a web designer or a brand designer. But then it was, I used to like in a pool of designers, you only then you realize that you're not the only designer, right? Like, and nobody's gonna check out your comment if it's gonna be like 300 comments under that post. So I learned that, like, I was grateful enough that some people could reach out to me and then discuss. But other times it was like, speaking to a blank wall because like sometimes you won't get a response to your messages because there has been like a lot of comments to that, a lot of wonderful talent around in the Facebook groups, mm-hmm. other designers and other creatives. So yeah, it initially it was so difficult to get hold of clients and also to make yourself stand apart from others. So it's then that I started to learn, I need to start thinking about how I position myself as an expertise and how I can start attracting clients instead of me going behind and being just one comment among like 500 other comments. So that's when I slowly shifted the way I approached social media. And instead of just waiting there, finding clients and also learned from other entrepreneurs who were way successful back then that I started utilizing and creating content that speaks out to my knowledge and also targets my 
potential clients. So even if they are not going to come back to me for my work, at least they'll be educated about that topic that I am an expert in. So that's when I started creating content and posting on Facebook groups or, and at that time, even on Instagram about why branding is important, what branding actually is, like website tips, strategies, tricks. So all of these things, what happened was it helped me position as the expertise. And also if any person had any idea of creating a brand identity for themselves or website for themselves, they would reach out to me and ask me. So I went from, you know, like waiting behind the line and then posting to positioning myself as an expert and then clients reaching out to me. Nice. And how about your own website through this time? How did that change? Um, like I told you, I received my first local client and my first international client. Mm. I didn't have a website at that time. I was building my brand for this business, particularly uh, not for my grocery business. So this particular business, I was trying to collect, uh, you know, get potential clients, um, get hold of at least like a couple of clients. And once they were happy to work with me, I immediately jumped into designing my website. So the way I found those two clients or the way that I convinced them was I just designed like a PDF with my packages. I had no idea how to do that as well, but somehow I just created a kind of like a PDF and they accepted. And the other reason is why, because even they were brand new to business and they needed something like quick and on a very low budget as well. So in that way, we connected. But I wanted to have an online presence for this business in order to, you know, help boost their trust and confidence and also to establish like a digital footprint for myself. And I immediately purchased my domain name before it gets taken away. So I purchased like salmasharif.com and I created like a like normal looking website with just like a basic homepage and a packages page. And I have updated my website since like 2000, by the end of 2016 till now, I think I've updated my website like around three times, but not entirely. So only like uh, based on what my services has evolved, like my packages has evolved since then. So that has been upgraded. And then even my about me page has been updated and my testimonials and my portfolio has been updated since then, like on a regular basis. I would definitely say having a website has definitely helped me because like from where I was, when I look back to now, like my clients get on a call with me when they, they have a complete look at my website, my gallery, my portfolio, and they say, Salma, I had a look at your website. I'm very much happy moving forward with you. How do I get started? So from finding like, you know, like, wait, as I said, like waiting to find clients to this level of confidence, I would definitely say that my website has helped. And in terms of the clients that you work with now, are they tend to be like one-off projects and then that's it or are there retainers or recurring things where somebody might come back to you regularly what what sort of work is it so that's actually a good question because when I started off I had just two packages initially so just like a brand package like if you want a logo I'll design it for you and then second if you want a website I will design that for you and then very few clients who were repeat clients they would have some kind of you know smaller projects from time to time and 
I would build them on a monthly basis, like a month end basis. So this was something that I initially started off with. Now, I, as I said, my services and my packages have evolved. My clientele has changed a little bit, not much. So I re-evaluated, like I went back and saw what exactly does a business owner require. And I no longer do just logo design packages because it's not just about a logo that goes behind your brand. It's everything like, you know, your strategy about your messaging. So I no longer offer only logo design packages, but instead a complete brand identity solution or a brand design solution. So it involves like strategy and design and uh, messaging, like a complete guide that they need in order to start being consistent online or offline and also in their messaging and their business as well. And then in terms of website, same thing, like it has evolved. Like I sometimes like my clients, they want everything completely customized, completely custom coded. So I choose that. And now recently I started offering website design in a day, which has been going absolutely well. I'm so grateful for that and for taking the decision. So website design in a day has been a hit, I would say, in my business and like something that a client would want. They have all the copy, they have all the photography, they want something done quick without compromising the quality. So I've started doing that as well. And uh, now I also started adding in like sales funnel design and also strategy portion, like all the tech portion of it. And during which I realized I'm not just good in design, I'm also good in everything tech. So kind of maybe because I'm like a, from a tech background in my graduation and post-graduation. So yeah, so now I offer one-off projects, mostly one-off projects. And I have a very few clients who have like a repeat ongoing project with me which I consider like, as you said, retainer, which I build them every single month. So it's comfortable for them to work on that way. And also some clients like just one-off projects as well. But one thing that I wanted to say is like, even though I'm doing like one-off projects like brand identity or website design, I always give them an option to come back to me later in case if they have anything, you know, like, changes or updates or upgrades in future so i always give them that freedom and option to come back to me at a later point any point of time because sometimes you know like when clients come once not just once i think like more than three times i've heard my client saying i worked with a designer and she never provided me with a file and it's very difficult to move forward and if they needed any updates and if they went back to the designer they said we don't do that so i i didn't want to be someone who they can't rely upon so even if they come to me like uh, one year later or one and a half year later i make sure to have those files saved like in a hard disk or in a uh, in the cloud platform uh, you know like my clients is the reason why this business is running, right? So I always want to take care of them and I'll always assure them that they're in safe hands. So I do have retainer clients, very few, but uh, most of it's like one-off uh, projects. With this website in a day package, with that idea, is it literally a day that it takes you? Like, and like, how do you schedule that? I'm, I'm just imagining I'm busy working on something and then suddenly somebody's ordered website in a day. I'm like, oh, God, uh, OK, I'll have to drop this and do that. Like, how do you work that idea? Oh, that's that's really good. So what happens for website design in a day is either they come through a referral, my clients, or they 
come through social media or directly through search engine, you know, basically Google search. So what happens when they do is one, they schedule a call with me, even though they are like absolutely 100% want to move forward working with me, they might still have, you know, a few questions or queries they want to ask me in person. So, I mean, virtually, of course. So they get on a call with me and they discuss. So once after the call, I like during the onboarding phase, this is what I say. So this is what you need to do. And once after this is ready, we'll schedule a date when I work on the design for you. So what are the prerequisites that I ask my clients to do is getting their content ready. That is the copy. Like in case if they are, they have like, you know, brand photo shoots taken. So that should be ready. So I can incorporate them on my website, on the website. And then, um, yeah, like the domain name, hosting and all of those like prerequisites. Um, In case if my clients don't have this, apart from that design day, I actually uh, set aside some time to help them or assist them if they have any questions in terms of this. So like, for example, if some clients might want to shift a platform, like let's say, for example, from WordPress to Squarespace or Squarespace to uh, show it or something like that, they might want to shift or someone has no idea about like what hosting is or what domain is. At that point of time, I'll take some time out to explain what it is and how to set it up and all of those things. So yeah, when you say design in a day, that day is specifically designed and allocated for me to work on the design but these prerequisites has to be completed beforehand. So only after which uh, we decide on a date and I uh, once everything is ready, like the domain, the hosting, the content, the f- pictures, the brand, when everything is ready, we set aside a date and I work on the design for the day and I submit them the page mockups as an image and a video. And now recently I started sending them live links that they can directly have a look at by the end of the day. And if they have any feedback, any queries, any changes or revisions, they'll send send it to me by the end of that day. I'll work on the edits and once it's good to go, I'll transfer it to their live site and it will be ready for launch. Brilliant. So you have like a, a process in place to make sure that they know to get themselves ready and you won't book in a day until it is. Yes, exactly. So once they say, Salma, let's move forward, I'll be sending them like a checklist. So you need to have this, this, this and this. And what has made things easier is the project management system. Like I currently use Asana and I can like set aside their tasks, the project uh, deadlines, and I can assign dates, not just for my clients, for them to complete, but also for myself, for me to be able to complete on time as well. Not just for, you know, websites, but also for branding. There are several aspects in terms of branding. So I set aside uh, due dates or deadlines for myself. So I make sure I submit it on time. So yes, the process is involved. And once after everything has been completed by them, I take some time to review if everything is in place, if everything is ready for me to move forward to the next design phase. And then we fix a date based on my availability. And uh, if the client is happy with that, we fix it, I work on it, and then next launch. Nice. I was going to ask about project management, because it does sound like you have quite a lot of things on the go at once. Yes, I do have. So currently, like I handle like brand identity uh, projects, then website design projects, and also sometimes sales funnel as well. And also a lot of clients 
But one thing has actually kept me sane is Asana I use personally uh, for my project management for my business as well as for the client projects as well. So what I do is like when I'm onboarding my client, I always, you know, send out like digital contracts and then uh, the invoice and along with that a personalized video to walk them through the project management system. I usually do this during the discovery call that they have when they schedule and also when they say okay let's move forward like in that onboarding email as well so what i walk through is basically what the project management is like how we'll be working you know moving forward and it's all very organized and divided into different phases like what they need to do like onboarding the second the design phase third the brand phase fourth like the a la carte uh, items or the design phase then when it comes to website design all the login details the content phase and then the second is like the design and development phase and finally it would be like the handover phase testing maintenance and all that so when it's clearly laid out like these and each phase has its own tasks and each task is assigned either to my client or to myself or a team member it's so visibly clear everything is in one place instead of having everything you know going back and forth via an email especially if it involves a lot of you know files and documents so it definitely helps me keep things organized all in one place and also managing different clients also becomes easier because in in just one click i can see my entire like a calendar like what has to be completed what is the due date for this particular client client to a client b based on which i can also manage my time and schedule the work for that particular client and make sure to have it submitted on time yeah that's brilliant and you mentioned team member there would that be a client's team member or do you have team members do, do you work with other people so mostly it would be my t- team member so I want to be completely honest here. So initially when I started working, I was a solopreneur. <laughs> I did like everything from my own starting from manually typing in the digital contracts, from compiling the files, sending over everything. And now I'm at a point where I need to start delegating, you know, tasks and focus on things that I'm really good at. And that way I'm not completely going, you know, <laughs> insane. So yeah, I've realized that I need to start delegating tasks and so that I can also have time for myself and take care of my health and my sanity as well. So yeah, I hired a team member to do the onboarding part, to do basically like the admin and the tech stuff in case like a virtual assistant and an online business manager. So yeah, so it is my team member who takes care of the basic things like I've hired her only recently. Sometimes it would also be but actually very rarely it would be my clients teammates whom I'll also be adding to in case if they want to be aware of what's happening sometimes my client wouldn't directly respond the team member might have all the details so in that case my client would say i uh, can you salma can you please add my team member as well because she'll be taking care of so and so so in that case yeah sometimes uh, it would be my client's team member as well 
Oh, geez. Do you know, it sometimes can blow your mind, doesn't it, how you can go from selling a few crochet things online <laughs> to su- suddenly hiring team members and assigning people tasks. And like, it feels like if you were to jump from one to the other, it seems so big. But I guess it's been this gradual process of figuring stuff out and perfecting things. Absolutely. Yes. Like looking back, I would say like I've made so much progress, which I'm so grateful for and the support and the encouragement that I've been getting like from my family and yeah even all of my clients and the community like online community that I've made all my online friends that I've made along the way uh, and learning and growing along with them learning from them has been like an absolute pleasure and it took so long uh, like since I started, like, I think 2013 was when I started this crochet business, like the idea. And it's now 2021. So yeah, it's going pretty strong. And uh, it was not, you know, like a bed of roses. There were so many ups and downs along the way. But yeah, I kept going. Yeah. You mentioned your own health and sanity. How do you take care of yourself? Um. So Steve, like, uh, as I said, I was a complete solopreneur, right? Like, to begin with, like even I think up to mid last year. And, uh, uh, you know, I had to, I have to t- um, like take care of the family and my house as well. So what I do is uh, I set aside time, like I use a physical planner plus a digital, of course, but mostly physical planner. So I set aside the tasks for the next day. And what I usually do is I get up and I uh, make break- breakfast sometimes <laughs> and uh, also lunch. And during that period, I'll just see if there's any task that has to be completed. So I start working only at around 11 a.m. up to lunch break. And then I take breaks, intermediate breaks. So not just for lunch or breakfast or dinner, but also intermediate breaks like tea time. And uh, sometimes when I'm feeling like discontinued from work and I want to just take a uh, quick break I go take a nap and then I go watch some Netflix series so yeah I keep taking intermediate breaks as and when I feel like and I want to because like I'll be sitting in front of the computer like the whole time when I'm actually working so I don't want that to be the case but so I take intermediate breaks in between and yeah I had to manage both like my family and this business so I have to do everything like the house chores plus this so yeah I finish that off in the morning then I start working on my client projects and by 7 p.m or 8 p.m I try completing it so I can get back to taking care of you know like dinner and uh, yeah everything else so that was until like uh, you know like last year mid last year but what happened was since I like I'm too much focused on work as well so as I said, like I'm being completely honest, I wasn't taking much care of myself. Even though I used to take intermediate breaks, I wasn't concentrating much on my uh, health, like uh, my position, like how I sit and work, because it's like a very delicate uh, place. Like when you're working on a computer for too long, uh, sometimes it would affect your health or your, as in my case, um, uh, like pain, you get pains, right? Like those chronic pain. So what happened like recently, I started getting uh, pain and then I was like, so doctor said it's like because of the position you sit. So even though I was take, like taking breaks in between uh, taking care of myself, I, I thought I was taking care of myself. These tiny little things I wasn't, you know, uh, focusing on. 
which caused me like so much pain later but thankfully i was able to recover from it because of like fast you know diagnosis and i was able to go to the uh, doctor quick and then i realized okay so i need to start concentrating even on those little things and uh, focus on self care and health because only if you are good enough you'll be able to be there and support your family and also for your clients in that matter so yeah i realized that and now i'm taking extra care for myself and also making sure that my clients are being served as well so yeah health now is my number one priority good to hear oh yeah those little things over time they they can add up can't they yeah you mentioned doing sales funnel stuff for your yeah. clients what would you say your own sales funnel is like do you have one oh that's a good question so yeah i have been do- designing and uh, you know integrating like the sales funnel systems for my clients but i never had one but i started doing one for my own like i think last year i have one in place so it would be like an opt in where they opt in for a freebie and then it would be selling out my uh, digital product so this is the slo that i have created as of now plus a freebie to selling my digital product i didn't have initially but i do have a sales funnel now and you mentioned community as well there so is that um, i mean i don't know actually exactly where you live like are you in a a city or in a rural area like are there people around you doing similar things to you yes i am uh, living in a city and there are a lot of people actually who do similar work that i do but yeah you actually have to find people around because usually i don't go out much yeah online community is where i hang out more like virtual communities and online communities my client communities and actually through there i am actually getting to know people that are close to me as well so as like recently i com- you know like connected with a person online and she's also doing some similar work like mine like uh, copywriting but uh and uh, we happen to know each other like we've been uh, friends of like facebook friends for a long time but only now recently i came to know that she lives like next to me <laughs> like maybe like a 30 a minute drive or something so yeah mostly i like uh, i love having love having like virtual communities which is um, yeah business related and the friends and uh, something you know like what you love and what where you're at and where you want to go so having people around you who's in the same phase as you are or someone who is already there like where you want to is where i love to be and where i love to hang out like talking about uh, common interests like be it uh, harry potter or a uh, lot of the rings or like uh, adobe <laughs> illustrator or squarespace or wordpress uh, so yeah that's something that i really love and hanging out in my virtual communities you mentioned getting your first international client back when yes. you you were crocheting where are your clients now they are all over the place yes so my first uh, local client is in the same city that i live in my first international client is from switzerland since then i have had clients like from all around the world i have clients from uh, the united states from the uk australia from i think south africa yes and also from india how do you deal with the time zone difference when it yeah. comes to working with people so the first thing is i dealt with my scheduler 
anyone who schedules a call with me i made sure that there's a time frame that my clients from the us like the time zone uh, also from australia can book in so like they ask okay how do you have this available i'm from us like where are you from uh, so i say no i always want to have some time slots which matches both and also me I, so i don't want someone booking in like at midnight my time right so i have first thing i tackled was the time zones and the time slots in my calendar so it's available to everyone from in almost like every time zone so that was sorted out and next one was working and communicating so during the call i always make mention that like i am in this time zone so if i'm not able to answer you then and there i would always make sure to you know like i'll reply back the next day morning the business day morning and time zone had never been an issue uh, for my like between me and my clients so they were super comfortable working like as long as they get good results uh, without you know like the compromising in the quality my clients had never had a problem with the time zone also in terms of communication as well so they would either reply they would add it in asana like their messages or uh, comments in asana i would get back to them when i am available since it was already been spoken of i think it had never been an issue and do you use an online scheduler yes i use equity scheduling i have different calendars for each of these appointments like one for just for consultation calls then one for my own clients like ones who have you know like uh, we started working together in case if they need any um, uh, if they want to you know like instead of like typing everything if they just want to get on a quick call and discuss i have a an appointment type for that i have an appointment type for training so once after i deliver the files i always make sure that my client knows what they're getting so i have a calendar like an appointment type set aside for that so during offboarding i send them a link to this so when they schedule a call i just walk them through what they need to do next with these files what they need to do with the website how they can do those basic little upgrades or maintenance to their files or their websites as well yeah within my scheduler that is equity scheduling i have these different kind of like appointment types each for a different purpose so that also helps me uh, save so much time and now it's on like initially it was like they'll schedule a call with me and then i'll send them a link manually each time but now i've upgraded that and now immediately it will send them a link it will be sent to them in the confirmation email brilliant where's the meeting link is that with zoom or within yes. the acuity you said yes so i have zoom meetings and uh, the calendar is equity and i upgraded the equity to i think like a 10 dollar per month so now what happens i've integrated both equity and zoom so once after my client schedules a call with me it would automatically create a meeting for me in zoom and send them a confirmation email with the date their time plus the zoom link so initially it was all manual and uh, now uh, because of some of the automation things i have implemented in my systems like along the way which has helped me save time as well uh so one of which is this uh calendar and the you know like the meeting link the things what i love about those calendar schedule i i use calendly but it's the fact that it appears in the right time zone for the person you're dealing with so much easier yes 
We'll put a link at beingfreelance.com in the show notes uh, for this episode f- through, to, um, through to that software. Okay, now I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me, Salma? Oh, I love this part. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first thing, I grew up in the mountains, okay? And I can hold my breath underwater for two minutes. And another thing is I have been interviewed uh, for the news channel. Hmm, this is quite a range here. Okay, what was the news interview? It was about, I think, around the time when I was uh, completing my school. And it was a time when, like, any, you know, like a school graduate would search for colleges, right? So it was something like that. Uh, Like, they asked me, like, what do you want to become? Which colleges have you applied for? Um, How is the application process? And so on. Uh, You can hold your breath underwater for two minutes mm-hmm. how have you found that out <laughs> okay <laughs> was, there's a backstory we... to this okay right. Go on. Uh, yeah when i was in my fourth standard in my fourth class i think i don't i seriously don't remember my age i'm so bad at calculations so yeah roughly like when i was in my fourth um like i had gone out for a vacation with my cousins it was like a theme park and i was like pretty small at that time and I saw everyone jumping into the pool. At that moment, I was like, okay, this is how you need to swim. I just jumped right in. <laughs> and if it was not for my uncle's, like, you know, quick response, I think I may have, you know, like drowned. But uh, thankfully, like, he just came and he picked me up. It was not that depth, uh, like, too deep as well. It was just yeah. around, like, six feet or something. So, yeah, he just came and he picked me up. And that time uh, I came and told my parents that no I need to learn swimming and uh, in my native there's a swimming pool and uh, that incident happened when I was in fourth so like fifth and sixth I was going to swimming classes and uh, yeah that like I learned I'm really good at that and uh, I also learned that I could hold my breath at that time hmm okay and you grew up in the mountains. Yes. And what was that like? Really good. Really peaceful. And I still miss the place. I don't know about this. <laughs> you see, the weird one about the breath, mm-hmm. you know, like hold, holding your breath, is that is the, sto- the story about your uncle saving your life. It's like, I don't know. Is it that actually you've never learnt to swim and you can't, I wonder where this is come from. Like, is, either it's true or mm-hmm. there's another flip side to it. I don't, oh, maybe I'm overthinking this. Okay, the news one that, I mean, I reckon every country in the world must have the same news report every year where they go and ask students who are just <laughs> like graduating what they're going to do. Like, it, mm-hmm. I've seen that news report in the papers and seen it on TV so many times. So it feels absolutely plausible yeah. that that could have <laughs> happened. Growing up in the mountains, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, why not? People move to the city all the time. That's po- These are all possible. Mm-hmm. What do you think? 
OK, for some reason, it's the breath one. I mean, for a start, two minutes is a very long time to be able mm. to hold your breath. I mean, oh, I know yeah. some people do it for like half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say th- there's something fishy about that story. I'm saying that's the lie. Are you sure? Shall I lock yeah. it? <laughs> lock it in. Go on, what's the lie? Oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> yes! But let me tell you, the story, the first part of the story was absolutely true. So he did save your life. Yes. But I never learned to swim. I never learned to swim. (laughs) I knew it. Although who knows why, given the fact that you nearly drowned. Yes, I nearly drowned. (laughs) I I knew it. And yet, do you know, the funny thing was when you were talking about living in the mountains, Mm -hmm. you didn't really give any detail at all, which almost made that sound like the lie. Yeah, I know how it goes. (laughs) I know how you ask questions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? I would say that it's not an easy ride. You will find difficulty like finding clients or even managing clients or maybe, you know, shifting your business ideas and growing from there. But all you need to know is not to quit. Just keep going and follow your heart. Out of interest, what happened to the crochet business? Um, The blog is still up. The digital products that I said that I run on Etsy it still gets me uh, kind of like a passive income. No way. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, it's like I designed it like way long back. Uh, I kept updating only those, you know, like the dated ones, the dated calendars, the dated planners, only those I kept updating each year. But apart from that, like the generic uh, ones, like the regular planners, which doesn't have the date in them, they can basically be purchased, download and used multiple number of times. So those kind of digital products still bring me uh, a slight bit of income uh, for my business as well. So yeah, that's still running. But my crochet business itself, since I have to completely do it, and I, uh, I have my hands full with Uh, my design projects so I thought it's like high time to put that aside and completely focus on this. Summer, it's been so great to speak to you. Thanks so much for taking the time. Go to beingfreelance.com. There are links through for all of our guests, which means you can find Summer online to see her her professional website. Uh, we'll try and find a link to the crochet blog as well and the Etsy store and all the other things we've been talking about as well. We'll put all of those at beingfreelance.com. And since you've got your phone out, presumably while you're listening to this, if you've not left a review or a rating for the podcast before, it would be awesome if you can do that and why not search for doing it for the kids that's the other podcast i do it's for freelancing parents it's only about 20 minutes long it's like a fun q a one that i do with frankie from the doing it for the kids community search for that and hit subscribe there too but for now salma thank you so much and all the best being freelance thank you so much it was wonderful chatting with you everything about freelance 